0: And by Sheward & Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas.
1: From Marcello's Wine Market in Lafayette, we're Out to Lunch with creative consultant Aileen Bennett. Hi, I'm Aileen Bennett. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Acadiana is changing. Yes, we still jealously guard our traditions and our culture, but we also embrace change. We're happy to have the fastest internet in the country, we're happy to be home to some very cool tech businesses and we're happy to be able to go downtown to a coffee shop like Rev, which is as hip as any place in a major American city none of this fell from the sky. Somebody had to build our high-speed internet. Somebody had to attract companies to relocate or start up here. And somebody had to create the modern hip space that became Rev Coffee on Jefferson. That person is Greg Walls. Greg is a contractor, a hands-on property developer who uses his background in architecture as a jumping-off point, a place to start a job, not hand off a bunch of plans to someone else. Greg picks up a hammer more often than he picks up a pencil, and all of his renovations bear the stamp of a talented designer who can combine that traditional Acadiana with modern Acadiana. Greg, welcome to Out to Lunch.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having me, Aileen.
1: Blending the building and design traditions of our past while embracing the future is also the province of my other lunch guest today, Randy LeBlanc. Like Greg, Randy doesn't just design stuff, he makes it out of metal. Randy's company, Metalhead, makes architectural metal work like wrought iron gates, fences, railings, balconies, and other metal fixtures, both artistic and functional, and you'll find them in both homes and commercial spaces. Randy, welcome to Out to Lunch.
3: Hi, thanks for having me.
1: Greg, traditionally property investment is guided by three well-known rules, location, location and location. Although it's a cliche, that probably only works well if you take a dollars and cents only approach to property investment. In your case, you also have that added dimension of looking at any given property with the design elements in mind. So, let me ask you this. How driven are you by location versus the personality and potential of a building? Would you buy and develop an awesomely beautiful building in a not-so-great location?
2: I think we already did, as you mentioned. (laughs) (laughs) As you mentioned Rev Coffee, I mean, that that actually bought that building in 2002, which was actually... Uh, our architectural firm, we, I worked for David Corville, so our, we had a firm there. Uh, we really didn't depend on walk-in business, and it was, at that time... And no time, one was
1: down that end of no, Jefferson no, at No, nobody.
2: And everybody says, that's crazy, why are you doing that? The building was beautiful, it had great structure to it.
1: And that light.
2: Yes, and the, the skylights, and you know, our, our dream really was to actually have an architectural firm, and then to actually have, on the other side, a place where we actually built cabinetry and architectural millwork and sold it but then we got so busy on the architectural side we created the art gallery so in an art and architecture just really fit well and in in the art walk actually brought a lot of people to that side of town and then you know and then once you know once our firm moved you know we were luckily you know had the opportunity to design a space for rev coffee and the building actually was able to breathe new life so i mean you know these buildings these old buildings I mean it seems like no matter what you put in it that you always have the capability for them to have a a great life of their own so that's that was and what do you have to
1: take into c- consideration obviously a coffee shop is different from an architectural firm so what are the first things you look at to see if the space will work for both
2: well I, for us like I said I mean we had it with art gallery and an architectural firm so we actually had a dividing wall between the two because you know we had to have that privacy for the firm but you know for Rev I mean basically we brought it back to a shell again and I mean basically this, I mean it really wasn't a hard design project, I mean the, the existing shell with all the glass, I mean it was perfect for retail so I mean I think that was, you know, you just kind of have to look at each situation and, and you know, in that case it, you know, it really required an open space to where you could actually see them crafting their product and brewing the coffee, I mean roasting the coffee and so, you know, it was a great project and we're, we're, we're really happy with the results.
1: Randy, working in iron is almost as old-fashioned as you can get. The Iron Age, after all, began in Europe in 400 BC and in the Near East some thousand years before that. Although it probably owns its popularity more to traditional European cultures than Cajun, ironwork has remained one of the staples of traditional architecture in Acadiana. Like Greg, you begin with the art and design of a piece and then you go away and make it out of one of the strongest substances on earth. It's tough work, it's hot work, it's extremely physical. You're often making pieces that have to be perfect, look beautiful, and stand the test of time. And on top of that, you're running a business. What is the least stressful part of all that?
3: I think by the time I actually get to put my hands on the material, it's probably when I'm at most peace. Everything surrounding it up to that point, the sale, the management, the design, the logistics, the scheduling, uh, all of that comes with a price uh, of my time and my energy. But when it becomes more effortless is when I actually physically get to do the work. But you know, that's not always the case. So it's, it's definitely a balance and a dance um, to keep the stress down, to make sure that you're providing the right product. Do you You're get to take improving. the stress
1: out on the metal? I do.
3: <laughs> I certainly do. This is not a bad combination, <laughs> I, is it? I, I, I like toys. I, f- I feel empowered whenever, you, like you said, they're the, one of the strongest materials uh, in, in building. And
1: you
2: can beat and it. I can
3: beat it or I Literally. can impose my will on it and make it do what I want. It yields to me. It's a, well, a a <laughs> it's a little bit of a power struggle. It's a little bit of a power struggle on the shop. It's it's no big deal though. I do enjoy it. It is it's uh, it's very gratifying.
1: So talking about the struggle, the art, making it beautiful versus running a business and making money. Would you do something you perceived as ugly for a client?
3: Um I have. I haven't let it in the public though. <laughs> I, I reserve the right to refuse ugly work. It kinda is the, the, the one thing that exists I mean it, the 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 origin of my work was to create something beautiful, even though the function has to work first form does follow function always it, but the beauty will come out even if it's purely functional, I will make it beautiful in some way, just through craftsmanship uh, if they want purely ugly, I'll send them down the road. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Don't mention <her> Ocho, please.
3: <laughs> I did not. <laughs> <laughs> Yet.
1: Greg, do you work from the same thing that form must follow function? Is that a role in in your work too?
2: Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, in, in architecture school, I mean, you know, you know, ever since we started in architecture school, it was about you know, when you you know each site is in an individual, and that's you know, I guess that's why it's so hard to, you know, I built spec houses for many years, and I mean, and, and you have these rules and regulations and restrictions, so, I mean, you have to follow them. I mean, but so, you have
1: your own quirky style, yeah, don't like, you? Yeah, like, yeah,
2: I mean, I was able to get away with it in some aspects because on the interiors, we're, you know, we are able to, to, to do kind of what we wanted to, you know, even though we had all these re- regulations on the outside. But then, you know, as my career evolved and, you know, I got to the point where I really wanted to focus on you know creating good architecture creating good design you know then you have to kind of start going elsewhere and really you know the downtown core in of Lafayette and focusing on urban you know infill and urban design is really what I've wanted to do for years and was And you live ever- in
1: a house you designed yourself how is it having yourself as a client?
2: Well I liked it my wife would say that that I was probably the most difficult client of all of the clients that that, <laughs> that I've had because I would always complain about building custom houses and how difficult they were, and she said, "If if any of your clients were as half as difficult <laughs> as you, <laughs> you, you would." But have, I know it's difficult <laughs> when I design for yeah. myself. And
1: Randy, you must have the same thing. It's like there's a million possibilities, yeah. Yeah. and not having that design brief in, yeah. put on you from someone else in is a, really hard. And
2: I don't know about you, Randy, but I mean, I guess like the way that I design, especially with our house, I mean, I kind of get the basic design, but I leave some of that creative process for when it's being built, and I mean, unfortunately, one of the drawbacks is it costs money to ch- to move walls. But I it mean, if, if it makes it a better product, then you
3: know, it, it's it's. Do it, you it, work
1: it, the same, Andy? Do you let the metal dictate some of the?
3: Oh, I certainly reserve the right to make changes within the process. Um, you know, as a as a strictly business point of view, if you can stick to the plan and solve all that in a two-dimensional format, great but there's a lot of honesty behind what he just said. Is Sometimes you really, in order to fully get the most out of your project, you need to preserve a little bit of that ability to change something and not be scared to change because what you put down is not always perfect. Rarely will it be perfect. And when you get there and and immerse yourself into the piece and you start seeing it, whether it's a space or a two-dimensional gate or a railing, to make that decision and have the courage to do it, He knows it's going to cost money, it's going to cost something. But I usually reserve a little bit of time there to do that in order to make the better product, to make the end result good.
1: So both of you have chosen to run your own businesses rather than just be a craftsperson, an artist working for someone else. Did you already have a business background? How did you make that decision? And how difficult is is it to run the business versus just do what you do?
3: I think I've always known that I would do something on my own and, and, and maybe a little regret not having worked in a, in another professional fabrication shop or a studio. Just to, to see how just they to, did it. You know, that probably was my only regret, is not committing to that and just hitting the ground running. I guess I hadn't spent so much time in school enjoying those fruits. Uh, I could have done that, but I jumped right into it and, and learned you know, on the fly and, and that's what it's been. I don't think I've, I've been employed since I finished school.
2: Yeah, I guess for me, it's just, I mean, I really didn't, I guess it's not the best way to approach um, opening up your business, but I n- never really thought about it. I just, I believed in what I did, and I believe it would take me to where it needed to take me. And, you know, so far, we've, we've been very fortunate, you know. So. so
1: if you could both go back to the day you opened your own businesses, what advice would you give yourself now?
2: And there's obviously successes, and there's, there's, you know, there's wins and loses. You know, and you just kind of have to trudge on through the losses and learn learn from your you know from your mistakes and and just if you if you believe in something, just stick stick to it. Just stay true to to, to your beliefs and and you know if you succeed, great. If you don't, then try something else. So.
1: Randy, what would you tell yourself if you could speak to yourself on that first day of work?
3: Go for it. Success and failure comes down to me, and not I think I've taken that responsibility on, but I've taken it so conservatively earlier on. I wish I'd hit the ground running and and been a little more aggressive. And and, and the the path is what it is. It took that long to learn what I do, and I still have miles ahead of me. I don't think there's any actual uh, destination. I don't think you'll ever get there. But to push through and, and maybe grab a gear a little earlier in business and, and, and taking a little more risk.
1: Greg, do you only do your own projects now or do you work for clients as well?
3: I do work for
2: some clients. I mean, um, I'm working on a custom house right now for a client and, um, I you know, I... You know, as long as it's a good project and a project that I believe in, then, then, then I'll definitely take it on.
1: You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Aileen Bennett. My guests today are building designer and contractor Greg Walls and metal designer and fabricator Randy Lebron. We'll be back after this very brief break. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Aileen Bennett. My guests today are building designer and contractor Greg Walls and metal designer and fabricator Randy LeBlanc. How aware are both of you that what you're doing is part of, it will form the future of our community? You know, you on the outside and Randy on the inside of houses, that they'll be there for generations. Does that ever enter your head when you're working?
3: Oh, me, it's, it's, literally is my product or, or my design, uh, I, I absolutely believe it. And ironically, I've switched to uh, a material that is the newer cousin of iron uh, and have done probably 80% aluminum in the past two years, which to the untrained eye is virtually I'm just identical. practicing
1: saying aluminum in my head because I say aluminum. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's no, it's I, I can say both.
3: <laughs> it's the same animal. Um, but it is literally f- forever if cared for, whereas modern iron c- will... People do not take care of things as well. So, you know, you start seeing these challenges, these struggles where people don't want their iron to have So, any is aluminum rust.
1: easy to work with?
3: Uh, it's different. It's got its own challenges and its own personality. And that's one of those things that I was intimidated by for years. I always just said, no, I don't, I don't do it. I don't do it. I don't do it. And I just had to finally give in. As far as,
2: um, you know, when you're designing something, you know, knowing that, you know, it's going to, you know, be seen for years and years. And I mean, that's sort of like, my style of architecture, I, I I call it regional architecture, and it's basically trying to take materials that were used in the past, like you know corrugated metal, um, you know um, you know wood siding, and but use them in a different way, and it's to where like to kind of gap the past and the and the present and the future to where we we're taking these traditional materials, but we're using them in a different way to create something new. So I mean, even though like you know it's different. But it's still familiar. so that's sort of like when we designed Johnson's boucanarrièrere, you know, a restaurant that my wife's father's father opened, you know, based in Eunice. It was how how do you how do you translate in architecture what the store is about? And that was really my first project to where you know I wasn't building in subdivisions there were no rules so I mean it's a lot of pressure I mean when now you can you can cop out and blame the restrictions while you're not producing the best product you can now you're actually on a, on a high wire on your own and, and but you know it was really it was really great because you know we were able to kind of use these materials like even the piers like you had the brick piers in traditional architecture but we actually used precast concrete you know and we took the, the gavel room and instead of vertical, we turned it horizontal. And, and you know, just all these things. And it's just, you know, to be able to actually capture through the building what the restaurant is about, that's, that's when it's golden. And you talked
1: about Johnson's going from generation to generation. Have either of you thought about what's the future of your company? I know you both have children and you both have creative children. Is your inner wish for them to carry on what you do?
2: I think wherever... You know, I mean, we we've got two great kids, two creative kids. Actually, my daughter is right now actually um, helping me construct the two houses that we're building. And and um, you know, and I, you know, if if they have the passion to continue what we've done, that we 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 will welcome that. But we just want them to be happy in whatever endeavor that they choose. So
3: Well, I, and I I can elaborate on that too. I've, my oldest. Uh, Daughter Cadence is an absolute incredible joy of creativity, this ball of energy. But she handles it with so much more grace than I did when I was younger. And uh, I'm so very proud of her. Do I want her to fall into my shoes and take on this challenge? It's mine. This isn't her story. This isn't her game. If she chooses that, by all means, I will support her. But I want her to have been exposed to so many things and find her path. And she will, she absolutely will. So uh, I, I don't think we've kept her out of anything intentionally. Uh, they've been exposed to my n- need to create and so my business. So could still be metalhead and daughters one uh, She would be a great metalhead, as would Josie, but... Um, We'll see.
1: Greg and Randy, this is part of the show that we call Another Great Idea. Maybe you've got a friend like this, someone who's always got that great idea for you. They tell you about this job you should apply for, or that guy you should have a cup of coffee with, or a great investment that you should jump on now. You can take advice like this and it turns out to be a disaster. You can dismiss this advice and miss out on something that may have turned out really great. Or you can take your friend's advice and it turns out to be the best thing that ever happened to you. Do you have an example in your life or career of a friend who had that great idea for you? Did you take their advice? How did it turn out?
2: I don't know if it was so much advice because it was actually um, in college where um, I, I always knew I wanted to go into to go into architecture school. But um, the first day, Hector Lasala took us on a walking tour, and. And he probably still does that tour to this day. And, I mean, I actually, hopefully next year I can even actually go back and do it again because just the way he explained architecture and explained spaces and and explained, you know, your, the environment around the area that you design and and just just that walking tour, like, solidified in my mind that I'm in the right place, I'm doing what I always want to do. And um, uh, thanks, Hector. But, you know, I mean, it's... Um, I think for me that was like a turning point in my
3: life.
1: Call me next time he does it, and we'll just follow them around and listen. Okay? Yes,
3: for sure, for sure. <laughs> man, how'd you bring up Hector? I, I completely. These <laughs> guys. These guys. Awesome. Oh, this guy. I love Hector. Hector Hector introduced me to connections, man. And I'll, and backing up, I wanted to compliment your your work, and and the one word I would I would use to describe your work is an honest use of materials. Okay. And and I and I can't. Well, you're welcome because you deserve it. You, you you say you you know you're paying homage to a material, and uh, and looking for what it does, what it's supposed to do, even if it's not the traditional use of it. The concrete piers, instead of it's still there and it's honest. It's doing what it wants to do, and, and I really find that in my my personal work at times, and I see it in architecture, I recognize it. But Hector taught me about connection, Hector. And, and Eddie you got me involved, and you know, at, at University of Southwest Louisiana was what it was called when I attended, and my introduction to hands-on steel and bought into the whole metal game, and, and that was that was my tearing off point. But as a professional, to answer your question, the advice that I've gotten. Everybody's got advice for you, I mean, especially when you're creative. You know what you should do? Man, I, I got, hey, this you're going to be a millionaire. This is what you need to do. And, and I usually humor it a little bit. And thank you, Google, because I can Google what they're telling me and say, well, what, you mean like this guy? So that solves that in, in a way. But uh, some of the best advice I got was to get involved in a trade organization and be active in it. And it sounded so dry and boring until I found out that these were my people. He and I have so much common ground, being creative professionals in this area. But to actually do what I do, to find the even tighter knit group. And you of win a
1: lot of awards from this organization as well, don't you?
3: Uh, sometimes it's been a little while, but you know, yeah, we've uh, we've competed. It's been a really. Really great. The, the organizations uh, that I'm a member of is the trade organizations, National Ornamental and Miscellaneous Metals Association. It's a long word called NOMA. But I had no idea there were other people that had the same struggles and issues and, and information have already already gone through all this with, with their business, and I didn't need to invent the wheel every time. So once I shed the skin of having to try and do it all myself and learn to take help, and learn to network and associate, and even brought me into locals and and talking to other professionals and getting to know architects and contractors and designers, that really, really helped my business. So to whoever it was that really pushed me to get involved and and get outside of myself and and, and accept help, thank you very much.
1: So now we just have to plan a project where you guys get to work together.
3: All day. I play well well with others occasionally. (laughs) That would be that would be a great experience. I yeah, certainly do that. would.
1: So both of you love what you do, and there's this whole personal development movement that just says find what you love and the money will follow. Is that true?
2: You know, to me, being rich is is being happy in your environment that you live in, that you work at, yeah. that you that you play at, and then like living downtown, even though it's not a large city, it still has a great urban vibe. Um, I think. You're just seeing the start of the downtown uh, movement. I think, you know, once we establish more living downtown, it's, it's going to be the greatest place on earth to live. So that's, and then for, for me to actually have a live-work environment to where I go downstairs and I'm, I'm at my office. And to me, it's just, I mean, I wouldn't have it any other way. It's, 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 it's a great life for me, so.
1: Do you agree with follow your passion and the money will follow?
3: Depends on how you define money followed it has worked um, I haven't had a job in almost 20 years and I've provided a, a, a what I think is a good living again what is your definition of wealth or rich um, I do what I love I might question that in August when it's hot if I were a bachelor I would live in my shop Probably And, and I, just know, work I know so people bit, turn up. I am not a bachelor. And, on a yes. <laughs> and I do not plan
2: to be. <laughs> it's like, <And> <laughs> stop it. <It's laughs> like, I've seen <laughs> lots
1: of people turn up at Randy's <laughs> and say, oh, I'd love to do this. When I retire, this is what I want to do. If you ever need any help. And um, people just think it's just fun that they get to bash metal all afternoon. And it's a little I'd, bit more than that.
3: It, it, well, it's a lot. And, and there's some glamorous um, aspects to it. But, you know, every, everything's got its dirty back secrets of... of work that has to be done that's not as as fun and enjoyable you know we, we glam it up a little bit but when it's all said and done it's it's a labor of love and a focus and a direction and, it, and it's cool you know you have something like you said forever that's sustainable something that it will endure far far past when my lifespan is gone my work will be here it will be and hopefully someone when it, when i get to rest restore a piece like somebody put a lot of work into this and it might have been 100 200 years ago that was built i want my work to be existing and you know good architecture is the same way it it can be done
1: It's always interesting when we stop and look around to think about all those things that we take for granted. Most of us don't typically dwell for too long on the design of a wrought iron fence or the finer architectural points of a renovated building. After this conversation with you, Greg and Randy, now that we know a little bit more about what goes into creating these pieces and spaces, maybe we'll pay a little bit more attention to what's around us. Thank you both for taking the time to join me today on Out to Lunch.
2: Well, thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
1: My guests are Out to Lunch today have been Greg Walls, owner of Greg Walls Building and Design, and Randy LeBlanc, owner of Metalhead Inc. You can find out more about Greg's and Randy's constructions by following the links on our websites krvs.org and itsacadiana.com. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Morel. Our researchers are Anne Christian and Ali Coates. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on our website, itsacadiana.com, and on our It's Acadiana Facebook page. These photos were taken by Gwen O'Quinn. You can find out more about Gwen at gwenoakwen.com. You can get this show and past shows as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at itsacadiana.com. You can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, itsacadiana.com and krvs.org. Out to Lunch is recorded live over lunch at Marcello's Wine Market Cafe on Kelly's Saloon in Lafayette. Marcello's is open for lunch Monday through Friday and dinner Monday through Saturday, serving fine Italian cuisine with a full range of fine wines. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and krvs88.7fm. I'm Aileen Bennett thanks for joining me today I look forward to meeting you again next week around the lunch table for more business Acadiana style on Out to Lunch
0: The Out to Lunch Acadiana theme music Encore Monsieur Nice Guy is written by Mitch Foreman and performed by Mitch Foreman and Andre Michaud Out to Lunch Acadiana business consultants are Pete Prados from Innovate Acadiana The Opportunity Machine and Dr. Blake Escudet Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRVS 88.7 FM. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com, and by Sheward & Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. Support for Out to Lunch Acadiana comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette, located off Pinhook near Cali Saloon. Wyndham Garden Lafayette is a pet and family-friendly hotel with reception space for large and intimate events, free parking, free Wi-Fi, and a free shuttle within three miles that includes the airport downtown restaurants.